Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. You know, there was a, an occasion, wasn't it, a few weeks ago when we learned of the death of Her Majesty the Queen. And it was announced on the television at just after half past six in the evening. And, uh, yeah, it was quite an emotional moment, wasn't it? It was all of a sudden, words were spoken. You know, the Queen has died. It was a day we, we will remember, I'm sure, for the rest of our lives, the day that the Queen died, and we all learned about it. But something really amazing happened on that day. I don't know if you remember, on the television, they showed a shot of Windsor Castle at, uh, at half past six in the evening, and we've got an image of it on the screen right now. There it is. A shot of Windsor Castle, the place the Queen lived, and the flag at half-mast. But then just to one side of it, the image of the rainbow. And uh, yeah, God's, God's logo in the sky. <laughs> God saying, I am faithful. Even in moments of difficulty and high emotion and days of change, God's put his logo in the sky. I am faithful. And I've been thinking about that quite a lot since, since uh, the day we saw that. And this morning, I want to present something to us all I'm calling Rainbow. And uh, just to think about the way in which we know that God is faithful to all of us in our lives. Just thinking about rainbows for a minute. Here's something just to say about rainbows. Rainbows are literally remarkable. Who hasn't been part of a family when there's a rainbow in the sky and someone goes, oh, a rainbow, <laughs> yeah? In fact, has there ever been a rainbow where someone hasn't said to you, oh, a rainbow? I mean, is it just me? Or have we all been in families who go, oh, a rainbow? Because they are literally remarkable. They make us remark on them. <laughs> and one of the reasons they make us remark on them is because they're beautiful and because they're unusual. And... Um, they show us something of the glory of God. The prophet Ezekiel was given a vision by God, and one of the things he saw was, um, was an image of the presence of God. And it said, Ezekiel writes, all around him was a glowing halo, like a rainbow shining in the clouds on a rainy day. This is what the glory of the Lord looks like to me. So let's look at some pictures of some rainbows, because rainbows come in, in all sizes and shapes. Sometimes we can see a whole rainbow. Sometimes we can, well, not very often, but it's possible to see a full circle rainbow. Did you know that rainbows aren't literally just half a circle? Rainbows are full circle. The thing is, when they can only see half of it because of the horizon. But when you get high above the clouds, uh, people in aeroplanes can take pictures of full circle rainbows. So there's a full circle rainbow. There's a few more pictures of rainbows coming up. Keep them coming, Jim. And every time that each of those rainbows appear, I can guarantee there were people all over the place nearby going, oh, a rainbow, because rainbows are remarkable. And we finish with that image there, don't we, the picture of, uh, of Windsor Castle. And the rainbow was, uh, was a sign which God gave to a man named Noah thousands of years ago. And we're not going to tell the whole of the 
Noah story right now because we haven't really got time. However, God was um, displeased with the way that people on earth had rebelled against him. And he caused a flood that covered the whole of the earth. And the only family he saved was Noah and Noah's family. And two of every kind of animal. And when Noah got out of the ark, after the floodwaters had disappeared, God said something special to Noah. Let's put it on the screen here, Jim. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you. A covenant for all future generations. I have placed my bow in the clouds and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I form clouds over the earth and the bow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all the living creatures. Water will never again become a flood to destroy every creature. The bow will be in the clouds and I will look at it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all the living creatures on the earth. And it's quite interesting in the... uh, in, in that particular translation, because it quite correctly translates God saying, I have placed my bow in the clouds. You know, in Hebrew, actually, there wasn't a word that meant rainbow. And God literally said, I've placed my bow in the clouds. Now, whenever we think of, whenever we think of the word bow, we think of something on a Christmas present, don't we? All tied up nicely, that kind of bow, or a bow in your hair, or, or whatever. But that's not the kind of bow that God was referring to. In the day when Noah was living, what was very common was a bow and arrow. It was was a weapon. And God is literally saying, I've hung up my bow. I've put it there in the clouds. And, And that's the kind of bow that God is describing. God is saying, I've put my bow in the clouds and it's it's now faced away from mankind. It's not the other way around, facing down to earth. It's not an upside-down bow. But no, God has placed his bow in the clouds to remind him and to remind us of his everlasting covenant. That's God's bow in the clouds, what we know these days as the rainbow. God's holy anger is now pointing away from mankind. So we're going to consider this morning everything that this sign of God's faithfulness can mean to us and to mean to us in the here and now you know in market harbor in 2022 but before we do that we are going to have an intermission an intermission i shall explain okay here is something i made Yes, I know. And this morning, we each have the opportunity to make a few rainbows on the tables. We're going to put an envelope on every table. There'll be some strips of paper of different length in them. You have to get them in length order. We staple them at one end. We staple them at the other end. We staple a little bit of cotton wool, which today is going to be clouds to each corner. And, uh, and we'll have our very own rainbows. How exciting is that? Yeah? Okay. 
We're also going to serve tea and coffee right now, so we get a chance to catch up with one another as we do this craft around the table. And we're going to take uh, 10 or 12 minutes to make our rainbows, and then we're going to talk together about God's faithfulness. Okay? Great. Okay, so uh, I've seen some excellent rainbows have been constructed. I know we might have a bit of difficulty with the staples, but uh, we have some engineers in the room. I'm sure, that, uh, I'm sure that between us we can get the staplers doing their bit. So we can keep just finishing those off and keep drinking our coffee as I start to talk a little bit again, because I want to talk to us about seven ways, one for every colour of the rainbow, in which, the, in which we can know that God is faithful. So I've got seven things that I want to share and I've got seven scriptures, seven verses from the Bible that will help us to remember that God is faithful. Now listen, I don't want us this morning to consider ourselves to be tea towel Christians. What do I mean by that? We don't take a word of God and stick it on a tea towel. Or, or we don't want to be Christians who just take the word of God and put it in a frame in the downstairs loo. Because whilst we can do that, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that, we want to be Christians who are like Jeremiah. This is what Jeremiah wrote about, about God. He says to God, When I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name. Jeremiah said, when I've seen your words, I, I've devoured them. They're inside me now. Yeah? So they're not on a tea towel. They're not on an embroidered thing on your downstairs loo wall. Yeah? God's word is inside us. And that means that on the days that we need to know, God is faithful. God's word is already inside us. We've got something to hang our hat on. You know what I mean? So let's be believers today who are ready to believe and to devour, that is, have inside us God's word as it's revealed to us. So here is the first way in which we can know that God is faithful. We can know that God is faithful in his love. Here is a verse that's going to help us. It's from Exodus 34. It says this, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. And this little phrase about God declaring himself full of unfailing love and faithfulness comes time after time after time after time all through the Bible. Here's the thing. God really loves us. God really loves us. If we are today following Jesus, we will know and be able to testify that God's love has pursued us, even when we're heading in the opposite direction to a good relationship with God. God's love chased us, chased us down. It chased after us. It pursued us. God's love isn't a take it or leave it love. God doesn't say, I love you. You don't love me back? Okay. God says, I love you. You're not loving me back, but I love you. I love you. I love you. It's a pursuing love. Yeah? yeah? God's love is a pursuing love. We need to know the nature of God's love towards us. Sometimes, I think I show by my actions, and I'm sure that we all feel a bit the same ourselves, 
that we don't behave as if we know that God's love is always pursuing us. But we need to know this. You know, we especially need to know this on the days that we feel distant from God. We especially need to know this on the days when maybe we've done or said something in our lives that we know won't have pleased God. And we think, well, he won't love me anymore. But we need to know even on those days that God loves us. God loves us. God wants to know us. God wants a relationship with us. There's nothing we can ever do that makes ourselves unlovable to God. That is great news. Can we just stand up together for a minute? Maybe just for a second, put, put our coffee cups down. And if we can stand, we should stand. If you can stand and close your eyes, you should stand and close your eyes. Holy Spirit, would you come among us now? Would you reveal to us how much our Father loves us? Holy Spirit, come. And maybe even as we're standing, we are just sensing that God is present with us. That he's assuring us of, of his deep and great love for us. And as we do that, why don't we just lift up our heads to him? No one else is watching us. We've all got our eyes closed. Lift up our heads. Stand tall. <laughs> Stand tall. Because our heavenly father loves us with a pursuing, all-encompassing, never-giving-up love for us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my Father. What a great thing it is to be loved by the God of heaven and earth. Let's sit down just for a second and we'll keep talking. But let's come back in our, in our minds as we think about this during the day of God's great love for, for each one of us. Well, here's another way in which we can know that God is faithful towards us. And it's this, it's in his word. In uh, Joshua, Joshua writes, not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. And this is the thing that we can remember for ourselves this morning. What God says he will do, he will do. You know, sometimes God's timescales are a little bit different from ours. Sometimes we're a bit impatient. Sometimes the way God fulfills his word is not quite how we would do it, but we're not God. 
But looking back, many of us can know, ah, God has done what he said he would do. God's words was his fulfilled. This is God's word. This is primarily the way in which God will speak to us through scripture, through the Bible. Is there anything in here that God has spoken to us, has said to us, that is as yet unfulfilled? Doesn't mean it won't be fulfilled in the future, but everything that God says uh, he will do, he will do. We might read to ourselves a scripture like uh, Romans 8, chapter 28, that we will probably know quite well, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That's a word we can have deep in our hearts. If we're not yet seeing the fulfilment of God's word, if we're not seeing um, all of his faithfulness displayed right now in his life, we can hang on to something he has said in his word and say, ah, but we know, but we know that all things will work to good for those who love Christ. So the second way we can know his faithfulness is in his word. Here's the third way we can know the faithfulness of God. And it's this, in his plan. Here's a scripture we'll all know well as well from Jeremiah 29. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Hey, God knows us. Do you know that God knows us? God knows all things from the beginning of time right until the end of time. In, uh, in Psalm 139, David is writing a psalm and he says, you saw me even when I was in my mother's womb. God knew us and saw us even then. What an amazing thing that is. And he knows the choices that we will make in our lives. He's given us a free will. He's given us free will. He knows that some of the choices we'll make will not be so clever. But ultimately, God is going to achieve the plan that he's ordained from the start of time. God knows the plan he has for us. God is faithful because he has a plan for us. He set us right in the middle of it. God wants to bless us. You know this, don't you? God wants to bless us. He doesn't want to live lives of misery. He doesn't want to live lives away from him. He wants us to enjoy knowing him. And he especially wants us to know that we can be sure that in knowing him, our eternal future is bright. So we can know God's faithfulness in his plan. Here's the fourth one. We can know God's faithfulness in his promises. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says this, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes, and through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. God has made many, many promises to mankind through scripture, through his word. But surely his biggest and his best promise of all is that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved and know friendship with God. And friendship with God, not just in this life, but forevermore. What a great thing that is. 
We can know God's faithfulness to us because of his promise over us. Here's the fifth one. We can know God's faithfulness in his fairness. In his fairness. Psalm 103 says, The Lord gives righteousness and justice, another way of saying fairness, to all who are treated unfairly. Have you ever felt that something in life is just not fair? I know that many of us have felt that things in life are just not fair. Sometimes it's because we want something we can't have and it's not fair. Or it's not fair that he's a better footballer than I am and I can't get into the school football team. That was me. But sometimes we can have uh, a sense of unfairness because there's a real injustice, something that's, that is a real burning um, injustice that we see affecting either our lives or, or the lives of others. We might see this in, in our school. We might see it in our workplace. We might see this in the way that we or others are treated. We might see some, some burning iniquity, some burning unfairness. And we think, God, this just isn't right. This just isn't just. Well, this verse here, it helps us not to give up or be discouraged or to sulk. Who's capable of sulking? We don't want to be people who sulk when we see things that aren't fair. But rather, we want to be men and women and boys and girls who know that our God loves fairness. He loves justice. And that God will bless those who are being treated unfairly. So instead of sulking, instead of being discouraged, instead of saying, oh, forget it, then I'm giving up. We can be people who take our unfairness to our Heavenly Father. We say, Father, this is happening to me right now and it feels unjust. Would you show me the rights and wrongs of the situation? Would you come and bring your fairness and your, your justice to the things that are happening for us? And that's the prayer that we can pray in great confidence and faith because we have a God who above all is fair. What a great thing. Okay, nearly at the end. We can know that God is faithful in his compassion. Again, Psalm 103, the Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. It's linked a little bit to fairness. But we say, we know that God has compassion on people. He's patient. You know, when when we have compassion on people ourselves, we we might describe it, you know, our hearts go out to them. You know, do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, we see, we see people who are, who are in a poor situation, our hearts go out to them. Yeah, we just love to be able to do or see them receive whatever they need in the situation that they're in. And that's how God feels about mankind, about human beings, about me and you. God has great compassion on us. We all know that uh, um, in Matthew chapter 9, it talks about Jesus going from across all the towns and the villages, and he saw people, and when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You know, even 2,000 years ago, people are wandering around confused and, and helpless and not quite knowing 
what they're doing on planet Earth. And things are much the same today, aren't they? People are confused as to how to live. And therefore, people will create their own little mottos in order to guide them. So it's like, oh, you can do anything you like so long as you don't hurt anybody else. Or people might say, well, you know, you might have your truth. I'm going to have my truth and I'm going to live in my truth. And someone else's truth is completely different. And, but ultimately, nothing is true. Or others might say, well, you know, I can live however I like. It doesn't really matter how I live. I can live and be whatever I choose to be. And God looks at people like you and me before we know him, trying to create our own rules for living life. And God looks at us and has compassion on us. God isn't angry with us. God isn't giving up on us. He's saying, oh, they're confused. They're helpless. My heart is going out to them. I'm all for them. I want to show them something of my love and my kindness, which is going to draw them into me. God loves people, even when people live in a way that doesn't acknowledge him. We need to know that. We have people around us in our communities these days, in our neighbourhoods, in our schools, in our workplaces, living lives in all sorts of ways. And uh, much of that is celebrated in this day and age. But even when people are refusing to live in a way that acknowledges God, God still has a heart full of compassion for them. And here's the seventh way in which we can know that God is faithful. And it's this. It's in his salvation. What a great thing. Here's a verse from 2 Peter chapter 3. The Lord isn't really slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. God's gift of salvation is for everybody. God doesn't start by ruling a single person out of his gift of salvation. You might think you know some pretty bad people. You might think you are a pretty bad person. (laughs) But not one person God is ruling out of bringing to salvation if they trust in Jesus as their own Lord and Saviour. What a brilliant piece of news that is, not just for ourselves, but for our friends and for our neighbours and for our family who don't yet know Jesus. Scripture tells us that there is going to be a judgment day. And it's a judgment day which we will all fail abysmally at. Because of all the things that we have done and all the things that we've said that have been in direct rebellion to God. The way we live and the choices we might have made have made us natural enemies of God. We've rebelled from him. We all naturally deserve the arrow of God's anger to be directed towards us. Jim, can we stick that on the screen again? That picture of the arrow pointing down to earth. God's bow pointed towards us. But this is the amazing news of God's salvation. This is the news of God's salvation, which should make each of us, if we know it ourselves, smile on the inside and smile on the outside. 
Jesus accepted on himself the punishment of God. And that arrow of punishment was shot at Jesus. The arrow was shot up to the heavens again. She flipped the arrow, that's it, brilliant. And Jesus was um, he's simply asking us to follow him. He's simply asking us to put our trust in him, to, to live as he tells us to live. Because living God's way is the way that is going to produce blessing in our lives. It's what God wants for us. And he says that we're to trust that knowing him is enough so that on that judgment day, Jesus will say to any of us that know him as Lord and Saviour, yeah, he has failed the judgment, but he's mine. The stuff that she has done has separated her from God, but she's with me. And if we know Jesus as our Saviour, he will say that of any one of us come that judgment day. She's with me. Amen. He's with me. I've gathered her with me. Yes. He's mine. Yeah. Not because we're super smart or super good, but because we're super loved. <laughs> and because God has had compassion on us. And God has been true to his promise towards us. Yes. That arrow of punishment no longer directed towards us, but was directed towards Jesus. Be good to pray. It, it might be this morning that we have, we've come along and thought to ourselves, well, here's, here's just another Sunday morning. We'll, we'll go along and see what happens. But it might also be this morning that we've come along and, and as we've just looked at some of the things that God has said to us, we feel ourselves that there's something in us that we just want to respond to. Yeah. It's standing tall <laughs> under the promises of God. Yeah. Not, these are not promises of God that is words that he's saying to, to other people, but words that he's saying to to each one of us. So uh, let's just bow our heads and I'll lead us in a prayer. Our Father, we want to thank you. I want to thank you this morning that you always do what you say you're going to do. We want to thank you that we can know your faithfulness towards us in every season of life, on our good days, on our bad days, that you are faithful and that you remain faithful towards us. We want to thank you most of all for this gift of salvation. We want to thank you for your promise that if we know Jesus and, and choose to, to follow him, to, um, to live life the way he says we're to live our lives and to honour you, that, that we will be saved, that, that any punishment that was our due is taken on Jesus. And Jesus, that you say, she's mine, he's mine. We want to thank you for the assurance that can give us we want to thank you for the fact that that means that, that as we're out in the week this week, we can walk tall, we can lift our heads to you and say thank you. Thank you that even though I'm living in difficult days perhaps, I can know your love and your compassion, your faithfulness, your salvation ruling over my life. 
So we bring you our praise, we bring you our thanks this morning for all that you have done for us and all that you will do for us in the future because we know that you are and remain faithful. Amen. Amen. Okay, one last thing. Remember me saying at the start, that verse in Jeremiah about devouring the words of God, having the words of God inside us. Well, sometimes it's a helpful thing to learn the... uh, to learn the word of God. So here we have a challenge. Here we have the seven verses that I've used this morning. Okay, Naomi, would you like to come and give some of these out for me? Put a little handful on each table. Thank you. So the things that remind us of God's love, his word, his plan, his promises, his fairness, his compassion, his salvation. And uh, my challenge is this. If there is a young person, and you can decide yourself who's a young person, if there's a young person who can come to me next week, having remembered one of these verses, there may be a rainbow colour prize. Okay? Some packets of Smarties. All right? So I've, I've got plenty of Smarties. So if you can come back next week, having learned one of the verses, Not necessarily the shortest verse, although I know what you're thinking. (laughs) But a verse that resonates with us. Then come back and see me and there will be a prize. Okay? Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.